G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, some significant things to draw attention to for a short while, things that affect all of us, stress, anxiety, even the potential for burnout and how we as Christians deal with those things before God and perhaps for some testing the waters. Does the power of God really make a difference when I call on him when I'm in a time of crisis? Well, let's talk through some of these things today, stress, anxiety, and burnout. Paul Ryan is Centre Director of LL Ministries, a non-denominational Christian ministry in Sydney and in Melbourne and 50 centres around the world on five continents. Paul Ryan, want to make a special welcome back to 2020. It is great to be back and good to hear your voice again, Neil. I guess when we're talking stress, anxiety, and burnout, uh, those are three different topics, but they're interrelated, and no doubt they have some symptoms that we might be able to see in our own lives that show us that we're under these sorts of uh, issues. What are your thoughts, Paul, uh, for the types of symptoms that people see when they're suffering these things? Yes, um, Neil, I think I would probably want to throw in a prerequisite thought to that, and it's that sometimes we want to look at um, not just the symptoms, but core questions such as the roots of why and how a person ends up stressed and anxious and burned out in the first place. Because life stresses, they're not always the actual problem. Stress, anxiety and burnout are actually usually the symptoms of deeper pre-existing issues within a person's heart. It's like they're these inner wounds and these inner weaknesses that left undealt with become our undoing. They're like fault lines that already exist within us. It just requires enough pressure in life to come upon us for the cracks to appear. And it's really not... Most people want to try and change the stressful situations around us. Uh, We live in a very fast-paced world. That's going to be pretty hard to do. Most of what we do at LL Ministries is trying to help bring healing to the inner person so they're able to cope with those stresses they're under and find a better way to be able to deal with those issues. But some of the symptoms you've referred to... I mean, we we live in a modern world that is just very hectic and the pace we live at leaves us in a situation where we find ourselves under pressure with people coming at us. If you find yourself in a work situation with a constant in-tray building and you find yourself getting very snappy with people around you, I mean, that's not a really good sign. If you've got people who are losing sleep, suffering insomnia, their diet is affected. If you find people who are just starting to get very angry and frustrated and irritated, if you're starting to fear picking up the phone because you're not too sure what job is waiting on the other end of that, you start to live in fear of actually coming to work, you find yourself you know, crying yourself to sleep at night. I mean, these symptoms are demonstrating something on the inside is definitely unwrong. There are pressures that have begun to surface this. And I love the concept of uh, eustress versus distress. So the word eustress is a prefix U-E-U. It's derived from the Greek word meaning well or good. If you put that in front of stress, it's good stress. But when you consider the word distress, distress is really just the opposite of eustress. It's basically too much stress. 
and results in us going to overwhelm uh, and to complete spiritual, emotional and physical meltdown. And some of those symptoms I just mentioned, there are many others, of course, but for the sake of time, if I limit it to that, they're some of the things that people could be starting to experience, um, wanting to not really be around people uh, because pressure could come upon them to do tasks they just don't feel they're able to continue doing now. Paul, there's a certain sense in which I can hear you say uh, that these things can be, in fact, good for us, those stresses. But if it gets to a point where we are exhausted by the stress, uh, this has an effect on us uh, emotionally, uh, physically, socially, and uh, dare I say, the spiritual side of us too also becomes exhausted. And so you want to avoid this at all costs because, uh, as you say, you're going to shut down, and that's something that you want to avoid. Oh, absolutely. In fact, if people would pick up on some of the key indicators more earlier, then they're far easier to be helped. The deeper you are down the well, the longer the track back to recovery. Sadly, a lot of people would come to us when they're really on the very edge of burnout and it's going to take a little more than a two-day healing retreat to bring restoration to that. But for a lot of people, they just, um, you know, they, 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 their real struggle is that they, they don't know how to say no. Uh, many of us are really, we're people pleasers. We, we live with a whole bunch of lies in our truth drawer, if I could use that analogy. We're, we, we, we're living under these belief systems that talk to areas of, you know, I have to be seen to be performing in order to be loved. So I have to work so hard at work in order to gain approval. Or there are other stresses we find ourselves in, we're pushed into by behavior through this performance orientation that the world seems to want to draw us into, where we have to perform uh, in order to be acceptable. If we don't cut the mustard, as it were, then we're seen as not good enough. And the consequences of performance orientation is we end up stressed, burnt out, fearful, anxious, and uh, really unable to bear the fruit that God wants us to in our marriages, in our homes, in our families, and in our workplaces. So the idea of caring for yourself is going to include uh, taking control of those things that are causing you to be stressful causing you to be anxious, uh, pushing you towards this burnout. And uh, uh, so many listeners, no doubt, will relate very strongly to this idea of learning to say no because some of us do find it very difficult to say no when we're called mm-hmm. on to because we're particularly good at things. Uh, we're good at stuff, so people ask us to do things. Uh, saying no is an important element here. Absolutely. I mean, you think about it. If, if your whole world is centred on gaining acceptance around the skills that you have, and suddenly you realize that the advice given to you is the only way you can release the pressure on yourself is to delegate tasks to others. But you live in fear that if you delegated tasks to others, they could do it better than you, and therefore you would lose position or status or kudos, and therefore you hoard all the tasks, um, and you try to continue to do them all in your own strength. Uh, Eventually, that kind of scenario is going to finish you up really on on, on some, you know, um, couch in front of a psychiatrist needing some really deep help because we've just pushed ourselves to the limit where we can no longer cope and we have a nervous breakdown. And so we need to go after those symptoms far earlier. Why is it you think your value is attached to what you do? If we can start to answer core questions like that, because our true value is found, and not just our value, but our identity and our purpose is found in Jesus of Nazareth. So really we're tapping into things here like Sabbath rest, like 
learning to say no and to delegate to others and to release those kind of pressures from ourselves requires us to be far more centered in a holy God, to know that our value is not attached just to what we do. Does that make sense, Neil? It makes sense. In fact, the biblical story that comes to mind for me is Mary and Martha. Mary sitting quietly at the feet of Jesus. Martha busy and attending to everything. In some sense, you might say, trying to impress by her busyness and her capability. There is a certain sense here in which that story is very relative to the idea that uh, anxiety and stress here and the answer to how to handle that stress, Paul. Oh, I love the fact that you chose that passage because I was only just thinking about it myself. You've got Mary who is with Martha at this household and suddenly Jesus rocks up with a dozen men and so suddenly there's a big meal that's got to be prepared. But poor Martha, instead of following in the footsteps of Mary who runs and sits at the feet of Jesus, she's able to let go of the task because she wants to be centred in what Christ has to offer in that moment. Poor old Martha, she's thinking, task, she's task-oriented. There's a dozen men, I've got to find a way to feed them. And so, I mean... Forgive me for running with this, but just picture the scene. You know, you've got Martha in the kitchen trying to put this meal together. You imagine her thinking as she's sitting there stressing about putting all this on for all these men. Last minute notice, they've all rocked up without really being heralded they're coming. And then suddenly she starts getting very agitated that she's left with this task. So many people who are very performance-oriented get very angry at others who aren't performing like them because they start to feel a judgment towards others. You know, and, and that's an issue in itself. But here I can just picture Martha getting very agitated, very angry, and then she's starting to think, and there's Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus, you know. And suddenly she, she comes in and she just launches in on Jesus and the men, and she basically says to, to Jesus himself, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. And I love Jesus' response. I just love it. He just says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. And that's really key because when he says worried, he uses the word marimna in Greek, which is really anxiety, worry, having a divided mind, care, concern. So she, she's deeply anxious. And then this word upset. I mean, when you really look at the original language, it's saying troubled. It's about being angry, about being frustrated. So Jesus is really saying, you're really anxious and you're you know, really angry about many things. It's not just this one thing. This is, the, this is the trigger that set you off. But you're focused on trying to get me, and, and to take the picture of this scripture too, because Martha is trying to manipulate Jesus, who is God, to get Mary into the kitchen to help her. That's her entire goal. She thinks that's the solution. Jesus pulls her right out of that scenario and says, no, 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 no. You're really anxious about things. You're really angry about a lot of things. And there's only one thing that's needed. And then he says, Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. Because quite often when we're really anxious, near burn out ourselves and very frustrated, we want to draw everyone into our world. But actually Jesus is saying, no, 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 you, enter, you need to enter the world of Mary. Come and sit at my feet and find true rest in me. Then you'll have the strength to do the tasks. Is any of that making sense, Neil? It makes sense. And I would... As my mind is running around this whole uh, picture of Mary and Martha, I don't think that Mary is a good excuse for our own laziness because we are going to be motivated to be performing and to do the work that needs to be done in the kingdom. 
and perhaps in our family and in our workplace, all of those things that need to be done. So Mary is not an excuse. But here, I imagine, Paul, this is such a powerful message because if you are under stress, if you are feeling that anxiety, if you are approaching that exhaustion that leads to burnout, then that's the story we all need to be listening to. Well, yeah, look, first of all, I agree with you. We can't use Mary as an excuse to sit around and do nothing with a pina colada and wait for Jesus to return. But when I look at the context here, Jesus is not addressing Mary as though she has any issues to tackle here. It's really Martha, his focus and his love is towards. And, And I think the other thing I find quite gracious about God in this story is if you've walked into a room and tried to control God, you know, I used to think, isn't that a case to be struck by lightning? But but the grace of God here is that he just very gently says, Martha, Martha, you're worried and you're upset about many things, but there's only one thing that's needed. And then he points to the sister, Mary, she's got this worked out. If she comes in and sits at my feet and connects with me and I can fill her spirit to the brim, then she will be this reservoir that can pour out of the overflow. But right now you're a dried up stream with nothing to give and you're just very angry and upset. Mary has chosen what is better. I think if we could learn to somehow connect with the heart of God in that and find true rest in him and be able to delegate, let go, say no and not feel our identities and tied up in what we do, I think we'd be in a far better place. Would you agree, Neil? I'd agree, and great insight today, Paul. Uh, Really appreciate you taking time to listen and uh, to talk to listeners about the sorts of things that perhaps are going on in their lives right now. And uh, for those listeners who are feeling that sense of stress, appreciating that there is anxiety that's gripping you or even other members of the family, there's a real answer to how you address some of that Uh, when you look at that story of Mary and Martha and uh, you decide to rest in Jesus. I mean, I'm sure there's lots of other ways to rest, Paul, but resting in Jesus is the key here. Paul Ryan is the Centre Director of LL Ministries. It's a non-denominational Christian ministry uh, around the world, 50 centres in five continents. There is a website to get some more understanding about these types of topics, where the rubber hits the road with our Christian faith, how to deal with some of these issues that we're all on a learning curve when it comes to gaining maturity in these things. Let me point you to the LL website. That's E-L-L-E-L. Just note the spelling there, E-L-L-E-L dot org dot A-U. It's an interdenominational ministry, resourcing the body of Christ. And Paul Ryan, just great to get your insights once again. Thanks for being with us on 2020. Thank you so much, Neil, and God bless to all the listeners. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.